Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski, the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We're heard nationally wherever fine podcasts are available and weekly on the radio at Charleston, South Carolina's 1250 WTMA, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Our home base is, you guessed it, right here in Charleston, South Carolina. We also invite your questions and comments when you visit our official website, at robinberlinski.com. And speaking of feedback, Robin, tell us where else our listeners need to go. Yeah, so anywhere you hear your podcasts, we'd love, we would love you to share the show. Leave a review and a rating. It helps us grow and impact more students. And as always, if you love this show as much as we do, please post about it on your Instagram and tag me, Robin Berlinski. I would be so grateful. That's awesome. And now uh, I'm going to introduce our next guest, but... Um, I need to warn you in advance, I left my glasses in some mystery place, so I'm going to muddle through <laughs> your introduction, but I want you to jump in if you hear me mess something up here. I don't think I, because I've read it before. i got it committed to memory. Mindy Allen, correct so far, is our guest today. Mindy is the founder and creator of The Nesting Guide, which is designed to better safeguard... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, you know what? Maybe you better read your own book because I even rewrote it a little bit because it was me talking. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'll Robin, read it. Let me that. let me take this from you, Ron. All right, thank you. Mindy Allen, founder and creator of the Nesting Guide, which is designed to better safeguard maternal health and wellness. This vital initiative is a culmination of her life experiences and the need to disseminate important and highly curated data to improve mater- maternal, newborn, and child outcomes. In addition, she hopes in creating this platform that users are provided what what was not. What See, was Ron not. made notes on here, Mindy, so I just want you to know I can't read his handwriting. See, this is called breaking the fourth wall when we're talking about what's going on in the studio. But too. anyway, I will just ad-lib here and say that I met Mindy when I was the director of education at the Children's Museum and was she was such a joy and we really bonded. We She reminded me on the way in during the Petit Francais class at the Children's Museum when your daughter was in it. So it's great to have you here. 12 or 13 years ago, Robin. I'm dating myself. Wow. I know. Would you take us to the beginning and let's get right into your story because as you'll find out, the show goes very quickly. We have Mm -hmm. some big bullet points that you need to talk about. So take us to the inspiration for creating The Nesting Guide. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. Um, The inspiration comes from a story, our journey, which started in 2002. Our son was born. And immediately at birth, I knew something was wrong. He had piercing screams. He had bloody stools. He was uh, comatose in his baby chair. Um, Some nights we didn't know he would make it. And we were driving to the uh, pediatrician's office or calling him. We were going to the hospitals and nobody could tell us what was wrong. So this went on for two years and he grew heavier and it was harder to, I was carrying him around like a suitcase, basically. And um, one day in the uh, grocery store, he knocked down all the bus- displays. And I knew because I was an early childhood educator that it was somewhat like autism, but autism doesn't happen from birth. So I knew that there was something else behind um, the symptoms. And then it just became a matter of how hard I searched was as how easy everything toppled on me and how easy it was for us to find out and um, uh, basically, you know, get the symptoms under control. 
And so what happened was is um, uh, I called a friend of mine that was um, uh, their family was very known in healthcare, and I talked to their cousin and he he finally instructed me where to go. The Children's Development Service Agency. I don't know why that was so hard to get out of my pediatrician, but it was. And an early intervention wasn't very um, known or, or wasn't being promoted like it is now. So I w- we went, we got a diagnosis of pervasive development disorder, and um, it was pretty dire. It was 13 months reception at 24 months and 12 months expressive at 24 um, months. So we didn't know what to do, but at least we had a diagnosis, which would mean that I could have a program, and then we got lucky. We... Um, I had called several uh, speech therapists, and she had a cancellation, so she brought us in, and she noted, hey, this might be environmental. He has teary eyes. He has eczema on his skin, Um, and there is a doctor in Charleston, because we were in Wilmington, North Carolina at the time, and she said, you look like you're going to do anything for your son, and I said, yes, so we got an appointment, and that was the day that changed everything. The doctor... um, uh, said, look, the, based on your pregnancy history, I believe that this is from addition work, um, gestation, lead poisoning, it lead or airborne particles that you didn't see that, you know, because I was in there when they were scraping the paint or knocking down a wall. Mm. And that was ingested. Um, I think I was like, I think it was five or six weeks pregnant. So um, he thought, Wow, I mean, the, your child is lucky to be alive. It really should have been wow. a miscarriage at that point. All right, before you continue, so what questions did this doctor ask to find out that you were even in an environment that had lead in it? We had, it was a 25-page uh, application. So before we even got there, there was questions about my pregnancy and if we had done renovation work and it, how, how old our home was. So those were the, that was it. Um, it was a 19, 25-year-old home. I was supervising the um, a lot of it, um, and I was pregnant, and I didn't know obviously the dangers, and really nobody knew. Nobody was wearing a mask. Um, the construction workers weren't either, and so I just went on about the addition, and then that's when. So he detected that, and we used a, a third party lab. It's called Great Plains Laboratory, and he was off the chart through a lead challenge, a urine challenge. He was off the chart. And then um, through working with this doctor, we got him back in reference range. But in the first three months of working with this doctor, he went triple time. He went from 13 months reception to 25 months reception based on our uh, speech therapist report. And then um, from 12 to 21 months. So it was, I kept the program, obviously. And I loved it. And I just, I became enthralled in it. And um, I did the therapies with our son. We did a traditional and um, uh, alternative. And then when it came time to do his, um, when you go to kindergarten, when you have an IEP, which is an individual um, education plan, you are um, evaluated again. And his diagnosis was dropped. So in the state agency, the Children's Development Service Agency said, you know, there's only 3% of children that their diagnosis is dropped. And he went on like it didn't even happen. And so he started kindergarten without any support and without any diagnosis and without any symptoms. So it was a miracle. But when we left that appointment, I began to, and this was March 8th, 2008. That's how long ago the state's back. But I had the idea, how could I pay this forward? 
those have been given much have uh, or ex- much is expected, uh, JFK says. Uh, so it was the birth of the concept was that day. I had no idea how long it would take or how comprehensive this vision would be, but that's how it started. Um, and now it's come full circle into the nesting guide. Wow. So when you say how it started, so let's talk about what the nesting guide is, what it looks like, what it sounds like, uh, what you can access when you get there and why it's become such a fabulous resource for parents. It is an initiative um, to create uh, awareness and provide up-to-date research from leading national organizations on the causes of intellectual disabilities and adverse childhood experiences. And it gives um, specific data points so that um, from national organizations like CDC, like National Institute of of Health and Environmental Science, like uh, the Office of Women's Health, um, the ARC, um, and it was it came from an article. I was working with the College of Charleston School of Business and Information Management, and you can learn about this um, on our site in the um, our initiative section. Um, I was working with a professor and a student, and we were very engaged. And it came time to do the paper in April, and we were looking for statistics and intellectual disabilities, and up popped this article that's on our site in a um, timeline on the causes of intellectual disabilities um, and how to prevent them from the ARC. And they mentioned lead poisoning being um, a possibility causing autism um, symptoms. They also mentioned other environmental factors and um, pesticides. And when I saw this research, I just knew that I had to go back into the maternal health and give this data um, you know, a new defined housing, I guess you could call it. And that's how the nesting guide started. And that's what it offers. Um, And uh, it's just a portal that goes all the way from maternal into early childhood. So is it possible if, if I were a parent of a kid that had some similar issues, could I go on the nesting guide and figure out through the processes that it's lead poisoning? You can see National Institute of Health, Environmental Science. What we did is we pulled educational materials. I worked with Target Market, a local um, one-stop shop. They helped me design the um, site. And you can see, and we highlighted the important information uh, from these organizations and curated it. Um, We have five neurodevelopment risks. They are environmental, healthcare, substance abuse, mental health, uh, unprocessed grief and trauma, and um, community and home safety. So you are able to identify those risks through a quiz that we developed. I took um, Social Determinants of Health and American Academy of Pediatrics questions, but I just geared them in a maternal um, angle. So instead of asking, do you live in a house that's been renovated that's older than um, 1978, um, the, to the child, you're asking um, a potential mother or a mother if they live in the in a house. So for my own prurient interest, I guess, how much exposure did you think you had after you filled out this form? Was it days, weeks, months of exposure to the lead? Well, after I filled out the form, I still didn't make the connection. It was the doctor that made the connection. I just thought, you know, I was just answering the questions. Right. I didn't think back 
because there wasn't, like I said, and this was in 2002, so, or four at that point, um, there wasn't, there were, these questions were not being asked yet that I'd seen. So I did, I didn't make it. If I had not gotten in front of this particular doctor, I probably, we, we would have had a different life and journey. So what kind of response are you getting out there in the community? Well, it has not launched yet. Um, we will launch on November 28th. Perfect timing. That's why we're here. Um, what a great resource. I just have to say like, what I love about you and uh, several of our other guests. I'm thinking of Radia Baxter from mm -hmm. the detention center. You know, you have a life experience and you can take one way of, you know, going down a road of victim and then another role of or another road of doing what you said and giving back and changing lives and paying it forward and I'm just so impressed with I mean the amount of hours you must were you up endless nights on the computer researching because this is a lot I went to your website there is a lot of information on there there is a lot of information but you have to remember Robin I've been working on this for, for about 10 years so wow. There should be a lot of information, Yeah, and right? how great for any parent that's thinking of anything that might be going on with their child to know that there's a resource out there that they don't have to spend 10 years researching all the different options, but they're all, it's like one-stop shopping, mm -hmm. all there on your website. It's brilliant. Well, thank you so much. Um, I hope that it helps. I can't say that it won't, um, but how it's designed and laid out is it's uh, when you first go to the site, you go to considering pregnancy, and that's where you're prompted to take a quiz, and those were, are where it identifies the five neurodevelopment risks, and then it tees up the resources that are highlighted so that you can see um, what potentially the effect on pregnancy would be. For example, diabetes, you're 50% more uh, likely to have a child with intellectual disabilities if you have a child with, a, um, or if you have diabetes yourself. So that, and then the other um, neurodevelopment risks, um, and then it goes into a section uh, where it just lays out what could be a printed piece as well or a curriculum, uh, the resources to, you know, educate and empower so you can make, um, you know, informed decisions. Um, and that's what I did not see. You know, had I seen Are You Pregnant and a, um, a CDC-led uh, informative um, educational material, things could have been different. Of course, there would be no resource right now. But um, so the, it's time-sensitive data that really my hope is that it changes the course of families and their um, pregnancies. Wow. I hate to ask this question this way, but had you not found this information, had you not found a doctor who helped you with the diagnosis, is it safe to say your son may not be with us today? He would have pervasive development disorder, and he would, we would be in services, and um, we did that for, I had a fast version of uh, having a child on with special needs. Um, it was from two to five, or five and a half, I think. So he, that's what would have happened. He would have just, we would have just would have never known and we would have treated it as such. And um, my, our lives would be completely different. So what are some of the, the treatments that were brought into play here that helped you bring the numbers down and obviously have an improved quality of life? I'm fascinated by this. Oh, okay. Uh, well, we started with diet intervention, with gluten-free and casein-free diet. Um, we did fine goal diet, which is the removal of all um, anything artificial. 
Um, we saw a lot of um, movement just from that. And then um, we did traditional therapies. Um, we did ABA. We did speech. We did OT. Uh, we also did um, chelation, like nine months in, which is the removal, because lead um, is uh, hides in the tissue. Um, so you have to look at it through the labs that we used, which was Great Plains Laboratory again. So we did the chelation. Um, we also did a lot of supplements, everything from fish oil to, I uh, can't even remember the names, but it was about 20 supplements. And we, we gave him um, those each night. It took about an hour and a half. Uh, we had an all, older daughter um, and I would read to her and my husband and we would just take our time so that it wasn't invasive and get these supplements. But we, like I said, we, we saw immediate results. I mean, he went triple time. That, it was just incredible. Um, it was so empowering. And I really loved everything about it. When they said no more diagnosis, I was like, what am I going to do with my therapy table? And what am I going to do wow. with all the super publications that are, I think it was called super duper publications. And it was like, you know, OT tools and I had everything and I was enjoying it. And we were living a lifestyle that was so rewarding. I mean, a, a special needs parent will be able to relate to this. When you experience a milestone with a special needs child, there is nothing like it. It is very different. And it's it's just, you, you can't get that feeling back with it. And I'm not knocking a typical uh, milestone, a typical child's milestone, but it, we just, we were, um, I was completely enthralled in the whole process. And that's why I didn't want to leave it. Um, when, when we were, now we didn't have speech therapy coming up on Monday when the diagnosis was dropped, but I didn't want to leave it. And so this mag, just enormous vision started coming to fruition. And then that was 2008. And then we moved here in 2008, shortly after. So this renovation was done in another city somewhere. It was done in Wilmington, North Carolina, in an old, sort of like an old village type neighborhood like Charleston's. So I'm going to guess that if you're in different parts of the country, there could be different environmental impacts based on what kind of companies are there, what they're spewing out of their smokestacks, what's mm -hmm. in the houses, all that stuff. I mean, it, it, it makes a bigger picture here, doesn't it? It does make a bigger picture. And for now, this with the nesting guide, I'm just leaving it at National Institute of Health and Environmental Science, the um, educational uh, materials, which if you go on the site, um, and uh, I believe it's under considering pregnancy, you can um, click those and see those um, educational materials. And then it moves on into the healthcare aspects and the other aspects. One in 20 children, the CDC reports, have fetal alcohol syndrome. So I spent a great deal of time pulling those educational um, materials as well. Um, and then the community and home safety is very important after baby's born or actually before because of crib, um, you know, safe sleep and uh, child proofing. And one baby dies a week due to safe sleep oh, in South on. Carolina. Yes. Yes. Wow. One a week. One a week. And so th this is just so important, this data, and it's so time sensitive that it's my hope that we can have this in hospitals and so that when parents leave, they have this information so that there's not emergency room visits or deaths or when we have, you know, a document from Safe Kids Worldwide, um, 
that's the official document, we all follow it, it, it should become easier to prevent. Wow. That's the idea. <laughs> and that's why we do this show. Like we talk about, you know, bo- our books for kids and kindergarten through fifth grade and math activities and high school and helping teachers have energy in the classroom. And we want, you know, education is universal. And this to me is resonating as a parent. Parents need education. You know, we, we all have day jobs. We have, you know, nighttime dinners and dry cleaning and making lunches and laundry. And you just think of all the the hours in a day that are filled and you've given such a gift to parents to be able to go here and not spend endless hours and I, I can't mm-hmm. say it enough the 10 years you spent on it to be educated on not just your children's education mm-hmm. but their health and safety and it's it's the whole mm-hmm. child and that's what I love about this is you're you're there for them but you're providing this amazing opportunity which I will say we will drop in the podcast notes so that you're able to connect to all this information that you've shared and then social media and we really want to help you get the word out cuz it's so important. Thank you so much Robin. And then um to that uh so the next section after considering pregnancy and the quizzes and the um neurodevelopment risk introduction um it also has a national resource section where helpful apps um prenatal care everything and it's all national information and then it goes into your local roadmap uh, which is located support. Like let's, um, for example, postpartum depression. Maybe it's a, um, a educational material on postpartum depression from the March of Dimes. And then the located support can get you to an actual postpartum depression therapist. So that's where you're going to drive to those resources. But the national resources anybody in the nation could use. Um, and right now in um, your local roadmap, we have Texas and South Carolina data. And then you'll get all 50 states eventually. So that that's the hope. There, that, there's your goal. That's, that's your next uh, that's project. That's the goal. And that data is therapists, transition to adulthood, recreation, agencies. Because I think a lot of, you know, everybody doesn't understand what, what does this agency do? Well, it's an early childhood agency. So we need to be able to distinguish that quickly because we don't want to look at agencies that we don't need to be looking at. Um, and then it also has um, family support, um, health and human services, uh, which I broke down into financial literacy, um, food support, substance abuse, um, uh, mental health, and housing. So I have to ask something that Robin already brought up so eloquently. You could have taken another path and just gone and sat in the corner and self-medicated. Instead, the passion came from somewhere to build this website to help everybody. Where does that come from? Who who inspired you in the past? What happened? Where did that light bulb go off? Well, I would have to say it was so easy after that long struggle. It was very obvious that I should be doing this. And there was a lot of indication behind that. And my husband witnessed it too. And I, it was, for example... We lived in Wilmington. I wanted to do this, and I was like, it's not going to happen in Surftown, Wilmington. It's going to happen in a city, and I'd been going to Charleston, like Charleston, and he got a job a week later. It didn't matter where he lived. Hmm. So a lot of things like that lined up, and it made it very easy for me to keep going. It had a lot of stalls, don't get me wrong, 
And there was also times that I tried to push this on somebody else and get somebody else to do it just because it was exhausting to, you know, since 2008. Um, But primarily it's been uh, a big push since 2018. And then it just, I I felt, I knew that it was going to come back to the lead poisoning. Um, And it couldn't just be our story. It needed to have, you know, a credible organization. And um, the ARC uh, has uh, a, environmental research initiative when we were looking for the stats with the College of Charleston student and it's called Project Tender targeting environmental neurodevelopment risks and I just knew that all of this wait time this years it was coming down to that and that I needed to go back and start in maternal health and do the nesting guide and I'd bought it several years ago so it was in the back of my mind that this would happen I just didn't know when And I didn't know how. And um, so when I decided to do that, I called an old contact that I originally started with, um, the website in 2014, I believe, um, John Mulvey. And he said, go, do not pass, or what is it? uh, Don't pass, go, don't collect um, $200, but go straight to target market. And I did. And he was right. And they made a beautiful uh, portal and they were a pleasure to work with. And it just... I've landed some really great people and met incredible people all over the nation, really. And they just kept me going because it was the importance. That's when you know it's meant to be. All the pieces Mm -hmm. fall right into place. Mm -hmm. Remind us of the website again, please. Nestingguide.org. Easy to remember. Mindy Allen has been our guest. I want you to give us some of the highlights because I forgot my glasses. Robin will (laughs) pick out some of the highlights. If I could only read Ron's handwriting. Oh, (laughs) All right, let me. Let me um, but back. no, Mindy Allen is the founder and creating creator of the Nesting Guide, and it's designed to better safeguard maternal health and wellness. And we are so grateful, Mindy, for the work you've done and how you're saving and helping so many parents, especially those with early childhood children. Thank you. You're you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Robin. What a great call. I, I reached out to Robin. I saw that she had a her early childhood kit, and I. And said, I need are. to call her, yep. and this was Friday. Quickly wrap it up her. with a reminder yes. for our audience. <laughs> so if you loved this show as much as we did, or you know somebody who could use the nesting guide, please post about our show on your Instagram and tag me, Robin Berlinski. And as always, share the show, share the podcast, leave a review and a rating. It helps us grow and impact more families. Again, great guest. You're listening to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. We'll see you next time. <laughs>